0: Great cash, homie. 26 Intercepted. I can't believe he it missed it! The season can't end like that! It's a Minneapolis miracle! 51-yard touchdown. Fucking Justin Jefferson. What's up, y'all? What's going on? How you doing? My name is Dre, and this is the Painted Line Skull Edition. <laughs> Now, in this episode, I'm going to be dissecting what went well and what went wrong in Sunday's game versus the Bengals. Now, good news or bad news first? You know I like my dessert first. The majority of the pass defense. Now, holding Burl to under 300 yards is not the best, but it's nowhere near the worst. Yes, the Vikings have had better games, but I will say shout out to the 340 pound monster, Michael Pierce, who had two sacks. Then Nick Virgil is making plays all over the field. He shows his range, instincts, and blitzing ability. And as Barr ended up not being in the game, Virgil and Kendricks looked like a very good linebacker duo that if and when Barr returns, this will allow them to have three really good linebackers. And hopefully that's a really good indication for the season. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure P-squared didn't have a pass thrown at him. So so much for that Jamar Chase highlight reel on P-squared. Just kidding. Chase had a highlight reel of the game, even if it wasn't on Peterson. Additionally, the Vikings defense as a whole had seven QB hits and five sacks and seven tackles for losses. I mean, our defense played pretty decently here. The next thing is with special teams. First off, let's talk about the punter Jordan Berry, who was a punter in Pittsburgh from 2015 to 2020. Now, in this one game, he averaged 50.25 yards on eight punts. Now, he really did come up good and was able to really put the Bengals in some bad field position especially late in the game which did lead to some really great advantages for the Vikings to be put in a position to win the game now when it comes to the special teams tackling was really good they didn't allow any really big returns I think there was maybe one medium-sized one but it wasn't too significant and then the rest of them were covered extremely well and I'm really proud of that and then again obviously when it comes to the kicking I mean Greg Joseph really came through at the end of the game I mean he got all of his extra points He was three for three, and then he kicked the walk-off tie to head us into overtime. And frankly, as a Vikings fan, we've had a lot of issues throughout the year. Damn! 99 NFC Championship game? Yeah. And that doesn't come through at the clutch usually, unfortunately. And this was a decent yard field goal, If I'm not mistaken, it was 53 yards. And he kicked it once. They called the timeout beforehand and then kicked it again. And he made it both times. So if that's any indication for the future, I'm pretty excited. And he came through in clutch. And that's really, really good. Now let's talk about the passing game. Captain Kirk threw for 36 to 49, 351 yards and with a 106.8 passer rate. Now, honestly, a lot of those were dump downs, but hey, it got us to overtime. And with how bad the offensive line had played, imagine if the offensive line played well. Kirk actually would be able to get respect from fans. And honestly, I am not the biggest fan of Kirk, but respect is given when it's due. And he honestly made it possible for us to come back to a position to push for overtime. While it is not a win, the effort is there. He's not honestly playing as the top level quarterback, but he is putting up decent numbers and really I want to expect more from this but because he has not always come through it always is a positive thing and you really always just try to demand more I think that yes he is getting paid too much and I've been saying that honestly since the beginning since they signed him and then they signed the extension that was unnecessary at the time when he first signed it yeah he was arguably one of the top quarterbacks that was available but still paid way too much I don't think he should be getting paid as much as he should that is 100% facts but I can't say that he's being a terrible quarterback. I don't think he's paying his worth right now and I'd be really really upset if he moves forward after this. They either cut him and then take the L or they keep him going until the end of the contract. I don't think he's going to get the money that he got paid originally ever again but he is putting up decent numbers and maybe Kirk could eventually become a transition quarterback because frankly I don't think that he could really push a starting position but he does put up good numbers and even in fantasy that's what matters. Again a lot of it may be garbage time a lot of it may be just dump downs but numbers are numbers as an individual as a player and even if it's not wins it really does suck but, but again this is a team sport but he didn't make it work with his top three receivers Osborne has solidified himself pretty much as wide receiver three Thielen is fantastic once again and Jefferson played pretty well too Adam Thielen had nine receptions for 92 yards with an average of 10.2 two touchdowns on 10 targets and KJ Osborne had seven for 76 and that's seven out of nine pounds for an average of 10.9. Justin Jefferson had five for 71 out of nine targets. And like his rookie season, he should have had more than that, but he didn't get it even though it was deserved and Dalvin Cook had six receptions to 43 yards on seven targets so he was making connections and those are just with the highest amount of receivers and they were decent play calls and really Kirk in the end again led the Vikings downfield into field goal range despite starting on the five yard line with less than two minutes left in the game and no timeouts that does take a lot of mental strength and I really think that he impressed me in that moment he needs to impress the entire game, but it did impress me a little bit when it came to that final drive before overtime. We do need to improve on our third down conversions as we only went six for 16, but we did better than the Bengals, which were three for 14. And in the red zone, we got two for two touchdowns, which is really good and better than last year. And on fourth down conversions, we got two for two. So if Dalvin Cook didn't fumble in overtime based on the ruling, really everyone would be praising Cousins. Right now so as much as I hate to admit it Kirk did a decent job here give me the damn veggies all right so the first thing is obviously the offensive line as I said in the pregame an offensive line that is fairly dependent on two rookies who haven't been getting that much action and then one second year player in Bradbury the offensive line was definitely worth having some concern and this game proved that we're on the road again next week against Arizona and then Chandler Jones who had five sacks alone against the Tennessee Titans unfortunately this is all of the same thing of the past few years, but hopefully Wyatt Davis and Derrissaw can start playing soon. Almost the entire game, Kirk Cousins looked uncomfortable. Ezra Cleveland allowed two pressures, Bradbury and Oodle allowed a sack apiece, and that unfortunately did not allow for a good run game with Dalvin Cook. And Kirk was under pressure the majority of the game, and the Vikings desperately need Derrissaw and Davis to be good because the current offensive line is not. And that goes into the second thing, when it comes to penalties. The game did not get started off well when fullback CJ Ham got called for a false start then later on the same drive there was another false start from tie-in Ty- Kyra Conklin and then another false start from Udo and then they punted now including the two that were declined there were five offensive holding calls two of which went to Bradbury two of which went to Rashad Hill and the last went to Udo there were also five offensive false starts by CJ Ham, Brian O'Neill, KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin now it honestly can be hard to get anything going offensively when we get So many countless holding and false start penalties. The offense had a total of 116 penalty yards and the offensive line was responsible for 70 of them. It's no surprise we couldn't get the things going. But let's also talk about the third thing here and that is honestly the load of trash that was the refs. First off, there were two touchdowns that the Bengals quote unquote scored that shouldn't have counted. If you go back and look at the tape, there's a one of the touchdowns has the receiver have it for half a second bobble it, have it for another half a second and then drop it. Yet somehow that's a touchdown. And then that happened again, similarly in another play. Now, if you go and then look at the Justin Jefferson touchdown, I don't know what the refs were looking at here, but this is frankly a obvious, obvious touchdown. Nothing hits the ground to indicate that he's down when he crosses the plane. I don't know what they were proving here when they went to look at the replay because a replay here is supposed to really disprove the call the field and the problem is here when you look at something it needs to be just disputable evidence but why does that even matter anymore if you're not even going to actually see the evidence that people at home and then when you watch the tape again it's clearly a touchdown this is utterly ridiculous and the refs really need to get on this and then when you go into the cook fumble because really it's not and it's really weird to me that they call this a fumble and that he wasn't down but early on in the game Jefferson was down it makes absolutely no sense and this is the whole thing when it again when it comes to how the refs have to go with this game okay let's look at the cook fumble one here look the video shows that the refs weren't even analyzing the play and they were just reacting to the bengals recovering the fumble and so they called it a fumble but then when you have to disprove that it becomes more difficult and frankly again when you look at the replay he is down. The butt is touching the ground. it's just utterly upsetting Then the refs really did screw us over and unfortunately this is just what it is to be a vikings fan now i really really hate how they make the rulings because both of these time essentially were against the vikings one of which made us lose a timeout even though it shouldn't have and it really on the fumble the refs didn't see it and just randomly gave it to the Bengals because they came up with the ball at the end of it now i'm not gonna blame the refs for this loss i the vikings really did screw themselves over and over and over but it's just really ridiculous to have the officiating crew go really two very obvious reviews. And it's when specifically with the fumble, you can see why they didn't overturn it and you're supposed to stay with the on-field decision. And that's what they're thinking on. But the problem is when they're that close and they had a terrible call from the beginning and they weren't like that close to the player and trying to actually see if he was down. And they called it a fumble many, many seconds after the play had stopped. So they really had no idea what happened. The video is extremely clear and then the announcers themselves say it's obvious, and then the specialists that they tied on say this is obvious. I don't really understand what these refs on the field were looking at. And again, the f- most frustrating part about this is that none of them had a clear view in real time and that they were guessing based on the Bengals' reaction. And that's why the initial call is really so big because there has to be enough evidence to overturn, and that's to go either way. Again, this is not to blame the refs for this loss because the Vikings didn't in the long run did not play well enough to win and they just eventually they got a good amount of luck to get back into the game and very close to winning and then it was taken away by the refs but then again you do have to play better than the refs and if they do overturn that fumble we can win that game so that is one of the biggest problems here and the team does have other bigger issues but that fumble was the game changer and that's where the biggest problem is so the next negative i would say is with rashad brie and the defensive back. Now, as I said in the preview, the DBs are questionable. They're not the best crew on paper, but they do have some of the talent to be good. And Rashad Breland, nothing against the guy as a person, but he didn't play well this week. He was torched by wide receiver Jamar Chase for a 50 yard touchdown. And then he was burned once again by receiver t higgins who tricked him on a rate and had him clutching his ankles and these two plays plus a defensive pass interference call really put the vikings into a bad position hopefully this was only nerves and zimmer did say that he was bothered by a shoulder injury the entire game but hope he will be all right going forward so the last negative thing about this game that the Vikings definitely need to work on is the run defense. Now, they did keep Joe Burrow to under 300 yards passing, but they let Joe Mixon run 127 yards and one touchdown. Now, this isn't the worst ever when it comes to running. It's obviously no Alvin Kamara versus the Saints on Christmas. But I mean, this is still a problem. If a running back can get over 100 yards, it is a problem. And he was running all over the Vikings defense and was getting five to six yards of carry. And frankly, that's unacceptable when you have to be a good defense. But I mean, again, there's not all bad in this game. Now, our sloppy play in the trenches and the secondary really lost us the game along with the unbelievable amount of really dumb penalties. And it really sucks that the quote unquote fumble happened, but that's not why we lost the game. We should have won, but given how the game went, we probably would have found another way to flub up the game anyway. So there's a lot to work on for next week's game. But there are some good things that came out of this week. Now, the Vikings do open as a four-point underdog for next week's game in Arizona, and that's deserved. Frankly, I am slightly worried about it, but I'm still optimistic. Now, because you take away those 100 yards of penalties, as well as some of those drops, and we probably won this game. Again, all in all, the Vikings didn't deserve to win in Sunday's game, but there is upside here. And the season may be long, and then, I mean... When it comes to division games, none of the NFC North teams won yesterday. So the Vikings are somehow I'm not trying to say it's the best division, but hey, if you're the best of the worst, guess what that means? Don't talk about playoffs. The loss may only be a significant thing when it comes to tiebreakers, as it was an out of conference game. So still looking forward to the season, honestly. Come on, let's keep a little optimism so check out the preview for the week two game versus cardinals coming out later this week let us know in the comment section what your thoughts are on the game and subscribe for more of the painted lines skull edition you can also follow me on twitter at gold edition also hit up painted lines at the painted lines on twitter and on youtube and you can also hit us up and let us know what you think for more vikings content skull let's go vikings